What's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell on this Monday. It is a holiday week. We got Thanksgiving. It is a great time of year. No it's the best. We got a big show lined up for you. One hit on the NFL. We got to recap some of the games, what the NFL is doing with Mason Rudolph. We found out some news there. Uh, my boy Raja here might want to take back a statement about Luka Doncic, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit as well. I have a hot take for you, though. I think this Monday, like Mondays suck across the board, right? Okay. You hate going to work. I think this is the one Monday of the year that you can actually kind of be excited. Like, I think this is the best Monday of the year without, with like, without question. Short work week. Yep. You got a holiday. You got a ton to look forward to. Like, it's not, the, it's not like the dreaded Mondays. Like, this is not a case of the Mondays. This is like, oh, this is a great Monday. You only got yeah. three days to work. No, I, as far as Mondays that you have to go to work are concerned, <laughs> yes. this is now, the best one. But a Monday off would clearly true. be Labor Day, Memorial Day. Right? Those Mondays are pretty good. Right. That's a, that's but a pretty in, good in case. terms of Mondays that you actually have to go to work yeah. or school, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That would be a good one. Um, Joey wanted to start off the show because my man Gronk did have a look yesterday. And I'm That's... starting to notice this more and more. But I think, like, <laughs> the more and more people are taking it to Gronk. The thing that's hilarious Bro. to me is both of our faces are kind of messed yeah. up in Why this side-by-side. Why did they freeze them in both of Now, mine was just pulled. Now, somebody, people were tweeting me. This is what happens when other people wear turtlenecks. I start getting all these tweets and stuff on social media. Right. And the look that Gronk has her, it's like he's sweating. It's like he's a MacGruber character or something. MacGruber. Yes. You have a much better, like, that's a much nicer turtleneck you're rocking also. Oh yeah, I mine, mean you oh, can my, see that's a that's a real. Mine had some weight to it. Yeah, it had yeah. some weight to it. It was it was more of a thicker one, which a lot of people made fun of me for saying it would look like a longshoreman. <laughs> you know, like you're gonna go out for a, <laughs> for a little excursion on the boat <laughs> and uh, hit the, the high seas. Yeah. yeah, to do that. Yeah, exactly. Missing the peacoat there. I think I wore it better without question. It's good to see more people taking the turtleneck mainstream. Nonetheless, though, uh, the NFL uh, we learned over the weekend. Because we came out with the full fine schedule for the incident between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Yep. They fined, they doled out fines over $732,000 Yo. worth of fines. Yeah. Now, both teams were fined 250000 So that was a, the majority right. of it was the 500000 The thing that's interesting to me is that Miles Garrett got 45623 in fines, but that's in addition to the money he'll lose from the suspension, which is going to be over a million dollars. So even this doesn't really include how much money it's going to cost the everybody that's playing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was ugly. That was kind of malice in, in the palace-ish in yes. terms of like, I mean, clearly not the same thing, but just, you know, the way that the NFL apparently has felt they have to deal with that is to just levy super heavy suspensions and fines and, like, we'll never have anything like this happen again. And that's what they wound up having to do with the malice in the palace after that. Like, guys just lost years of, of salary over that. Um, I mean, ultimately, I, I don't really have a, a, a beef with anything here. I do think that finding Miles Garrett an extra 45 racks is kind of cheesy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. but I'm not going to argue with you over it once you've lost a million change like what what's 46 more i thought the nfl completely missed the ball with mason rudolph yeah i thought he should have been suspended a game 
And if they didn't, I thought they should have come down with a fine that was significant enough where everybody said, whoa, this right. this kid, this guy played a major part. Because he was well, the he instigator. Did. He instigated the whole thing. And all of it. Yeah, and he perpetuated. He yes. kept it going when he kept going after him. I thought I it should have been 100000 or more. They only came in at $50,000. No missed time. Now, they did re- reduce Marquis' penalty, which... I'm okay with it. Three was pretty stiff. It was the stiffest outside of Miles Garrett. Right. They reduced it to two, so it's still a multi-game suspension. I'm okay with that. But Mason Rudolph walked away virtually unscathed in this picture, and I think that's wrong. I think it sends a completely double standard, and I think it's it's saying, okay, well, if you're the guy that initiates, it's going to be the second guy, the guy that responds. And I think they should have said, everybody's at fault here, including Mason Rudolph, so we're going to come down with a significant fine for you. I don't think $50,000 has any teeth. Um, no, it's, it doesn't have any teeth. No. Um, and I have been unfortunate, <laughs> I guess, enough to have to deal with leagues and the process of waiting to hear what your fine or your suspension is going to be, um, and then hearing the rationale behind the suspension or the fine that they levied. It's utter BS. We talk about the bowl committee, like or the or the you know whatever the, the the who determines like the four teams in college football. You talk about those people talking out of both sides of their mouth, right? Those people sitting in the NBA and NFL um, uh, disciplinary boards, sitting on those that are levying, they are using whatever they want to justify why they either suspend you or they don't suspend you. I'll tell you a quick story, Andrea Bargnani, two thousand and eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're running down the court in Toronto. We're in a cross match, which means he's not my man, uh, but he's guarding me on defense. So I've got to pick him up early in transition. I'm taught like a lot of guards, don't let that big seven-footer, like don't wait to stand him up until you get in the paint. Catch him early. Mm -hmm. So I caught him early around the top of the key. He's too big for me. So around the free throw line, he winds up knocking me over. Um, As I fall over, I roll back, right? So he's standing on top of me. My legs kind of go up, and I get back, you know, I, I come back, get up, play continues going on they call me the next morning hey what happened at 504 in the third quarter in toronto i'm like bro i'm just waking up what are you talking about <laughs> they're like uh now, well, this is like the league office. this is the league this is Stu jackson um well you know it appears uh you know from the clip that you may have tried to make contact you know with his groin and i'm like i don't know i didn't i mean i'd remember if i did that i didn't i didn't do that i was like i don't the announcers make no mention of it um i was like Stu, like with all due respect man if i wanted to hit somebody in the groin i'd hit him in the groin um uh, what did Andrea say? Andrea said, you didn't try to do it. I'm like, okay, well, let me, what, 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 what are we doing here? Um, so he's like, okay, we'll, we'll call you back. So they call me back. They say, hey, we're going to suspend you for a game. And I was like, you mind telling me why you've decided to suspend me? He said, we couldn't, we couldn't say for sure that you didn't try to kick him in the groin. I said, you couldn't be sure that I didn't try to? Fine, fine, suspend me. It's no problem. So fast forward to the playoffs that year, Bruce Bowen in – the Suns' estimation has tried to kick Amari Stoudemire um, as Amari Stoudemire goes in for a layup. Blatantly on film, it looks like it. it. It certainly looks like it, right? So they sent the tape in to try to get him, try to get disciplinary action taken on Bruce Bowen. Uh, Stu Jackson comes back. Uh, Stu Jackson, yes, yeah, Stu Jackson comes back and says we couldn't be certain that he did <laughs> try to kick Amari Stoudemire, and we will not suspend him. Out of both sides of your mouth. Right. So, like, when you get in a situation, look, you put yourself in this spot, mm-hmm. and you just kind of, it is what it is. But there's no, it's rarely ever fair. That was the only one I thought was agreed. Like, I, again, reducing penalty, I'm okay with that. He still had a pretty significant fine. The Mason Rudolph aspect, uh, Joey did some math for us, is about 7% of his salary. When you're having 
Uh, Miles Garrett missed 30% of his, you know, yeah. a third of his, and you're only giving 7% to the guy that started. I think that's the wrong message to send. And I would have actually, a game, I thought you have to take him off the field. Now, Mason Rudolph had his own problems when he got benched yesterday in their game for ineffectiveness, right. where he might have to, uh, you know, move forward, might be clawing his way back uh, for a job. The other fines, 3,507, those were all for players leaving, entering the fighting area, entering fighting area. Like these are the repetitive. There's it's worth a, you know, it though. That's there's worth a ton it. of these. Absolutely. That's worth and it. that's a that's a respect yeah. thing. Your teammates look at you, got your back. Yeah. And that's where I almost felt like Pouncey, even his, like from a teammates, from an offensive line yeah, perspective, for, for, from Mason Rudolph, you're like, that's my guy. What like, that guy's make? got what my back. I don't know what he made. A lot. Where it's, you know, it's gonna hurt him a little bit. Nah, if I had any amount of money though, and I was Mason Rudolph, like, let me pick that up. For Absolutely. You. Absolutely. I would yeah. definitely do that for the lineman. I don't know how much Mason Rudolph he hasn't had he that big payday. To do I, don't, that right I don't think now. he can afford it either. <laughs> uh, but somebody should have picked that up for Pouncey. Even though it was dirty, they kicked him and he deserves it. Yeah. I love the fact that he was uh, spending for his quarterback in that situation. That's see, that's not, I mean, well, this is that's not dirty to me. Right. It's not. Like right. once, there was a fight. Once a fight breaks out, there, like, are, there no are no rules. rules in the fight. Right. And he was fighting at that yes. point. It wasn't like I was, he was fighting like a yeah. backyard brawl. Like right. it was just going all in. Uh Miles Garrett, there's news that the NFL hopes to reinstate him for the 2020 season. The NFL mandated that he must meet with the commissioner's office during the offseason. The NFL is doing that because it wants to see how he reacts to the lengthy suspension after the brawl. Uh, the NFL will be open-minded, listen to Garrett during the offseason meetings, and if his behavior is what the league hopes it will be and his answers are accurate. I don't know. This isn't a test. Uh, if parole. his answers are accurate, there's He's going a up in front of a chance. parole board. He'll be back as long as he doesn't screw this up. And basically... All he has to do is say, yeah, I screwed up. That's it. That's it. That's all he has to do. And I think he will. Of course he will. Now, the one kind of thing that kind of comes in here is if he sticks to the, hey, but, he used a racial slur, so I lost it, I would have done it again type of mindset. Well, I wouldn't. You don't have to say that. Right. You can say, I did what I did because he called me what he called me, in my estimation. Um, would I do it again? Um, no. Right. Right. That's every time you have to. That's all you have to do. Sorry. And I don't think, I don't see, I think Miles Garrett has actually been portrayed as something he is not through all this. I think he's not your typical, like not even typical, but not the guy. He's not a Vontez perfect who is dirty throughout his career. He's not a player who loses his cool all the time. And I, I've heard this a lot on a couple different platforms, radio shows, TV shows, when it says, oh, Miles Garrett showed you what he's about when he hit a player early in the season or when he tackled Trevor Simeon late and broke his ankle. Those were incidents that happened every single game. It just so happened that people went back and looked at him with a fine-tooth comb or mm-hmm. like, oh, let's find those incidents where Miles Garrett looked like an angry player. I don't think that's who he is. I think he's pretty cerebral. I think he's smart. Right. I think he's a guy who's thoughtful. And I think he just had a moment. That's he's, all he's it this, was. He's the same guy, and you said it when this first happened. He's the same guy that got punched by a fan. And yes, didn't, and walked away, walked away and didn't do anything. Yeah, so a lot of guys would have lost If we're going to be fair. Yes, right. exactly. And I think he'll be back, and I'll be totally okay with that. Yeah. I think he'll be back next season, and uh, I think I think it'll all go away. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, $8 million this year. So that fine for him, it's it's a little significant, but it doesn't hurt him that bad. A couple games, that won't uh, won't make it easier. He ain't any really easier. tripping off 35 racks. The game's hurt, though. Yeah, the game's hurt. The game checks are we don't want to miss out on. So the Cleveland Browns fans, they had some fun with this uh, tailgating before their game. Again, mm-hmm. these two teams play each other this weekend. I don't... I, I heard some other people saying, oh, this is going to be great. Here's a look at the uh, Browns fans <laughs> before the game. Having a little pinata contest with the Steelers' helmet. That is classic. Instead of using the old bat, baseball bat or a stick, they should make though. this a weekly thing, right? They should just do this every single it, yes, week. Yes, they must do this every week. Now, they play again this week. Do you think you'll see anything? 
Um, no. I don't either. I, don't, I think people are going to be like, oh, this is going to be a, a rematch oh. and watch the the heated. Players are able to just get past stuff. And first of all, you don't have Pouncey on the field. You don't have Garrett on the field. Right. You do have Rudolph on the field. I just don't think it'll be a big deal at all. I think these two teams will play and it'll be go without incident. And they will be talked to. Oh, my gosh. Um, by the league itself. Yep. Uh, if the officials, I imagine, in the pregame will be like, listen, there, there, nothing will fly today. Just so everyone knows, nothing will fly. But I right. imagine you might get league representatives in there saying, hey, look, guys, <laughs> yes. this is three weeks but, removed. Uh, like, we're not going to do this again. Both teams got fined. Yeah. The coaches are going to make a strong no thing. And I, I guarantee you the coaches are going to say this. Don't do anything that's going to cost us the game. And getting a, a, a penalty, getting kicked out of the game, those will cost you the game. Right. So they're both going to be harping on that throughout. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. We have talked a lot about the NBA problems that it's facing as far as decline in ratings, uh, the load management issue, which I think is something that, you know Adam Silver has tried before a couple years ago, kind of give a harshly you know worded statement to all the teams. Oh, that yeah, exactly. The players are like, yeah. okay, and then you had Kawhi sit out 22 last year. They win it. Now he's right back doing it again, saying, nope, you're not going to do anything. So in any case... I think the networks that are paying all this money for this product are like, hey, we got to do something. Yep. Uh, so it came out that uh, the NBA and the NBPA are actually discussing major scheduling changes. These are major. These are not little tweaks. I think they could be solutions that credit to the NBA are forward thinking. They're a little bit wild. And I wonder how many of these will actually come into play. So there's possibility of lowering the regular season to 78 games. So you knock off four right there. Reseeding the conference finals, I think, is probably the easiest thing to do that probably will happen sooner rather than later. An in-season 30-team tournament, so all the teams playing in an in-season tournament, in-season tournament, and then a postseason play-in tournament for the final playoff spot. I like I like I like it all. I mean in, in 78 games, like just taking four games off, that does nothing. But if you're gonna if you're gonna add the 30 team tournament um then you're gonna get those games back anyway so i don't really know how that would really right. move the needle so like I, you can get rid of that one the reseeding of the conference finals i think it's important that you get the best two teams in the nba mm -hmm. regardless of, of conference in the finals like it right. just it doesn't make sense to have uh the two best teams knock one another uh out in the in the and we've conference seen that disparity round. grow and grow. And, so, you know, some years it's so wide, the gap between yeah. the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, where that seems to just well, make sense. And in LeBron moving – when LeBron was in the East, you could always make a case for his team. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there would be Western Conference teams, but you had LeBron at least in the finals against somebody from the Western Conference. Without him in the East, you, I mean, you, the, like, to your point, there is going to be a, a, a really big uh, gap between – the best teams out of the Western Conference and then some of those teams coming out of the East. So I, I like that. And I love this cup. This is essentially cup play, right? Like right. kind of what they do in soccer. In, in soccer. I like that. I, I enjoy like a break of the monotony. You know, even as a player, you start getting into a certain part of the season and it just becomes monotonous, right? Like you, you're still loving life. I mean, you're playing in the NBA. It's not to say right. that you're you're not happy to be there, but it's just the grind. And so to reinvigorate and and refresh and give you something else to maybe play for to distract and 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 um you know get the juices flowing again, I think it's a great idea. I do too. Do you think players would care about an in-season tournament unless there's financial incentive? Well, like they said there's financial incentives. 
Right. Like so that, that no otherwise <laughs> right. no. I mean no. But how what moves the needle? Money. And is it no, but I mean what number? How much? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's the thing I think that's going to matter. You're talking it's about just a few thousand bucks a player, they're not going to do anything. Now, it granted it'll matter some players deeper on the roster so that like, aren't making thirty million a year. No, but I mean it doesn't matter whether you incentivize them or not. Right. The ones you have to incentivize are, are the, the guys ones that are making thirty because they're the ones that are gonna be able to win. So the I game. would say like a full a full playoff share, like the playoff shares in the NBA are, are based on like where your record falls in the hierarchy of the NBA. So if you're the number one seed and you win a championship, you can earn the most amount of money in a in a team's playoff shares and, uh, as, as possible. The number two seed would earn less than you, but would earn more than the three seed, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I don't know how much that is now in the NBA, but if you're playing cut play, I would say maybe if you broke that in half, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you still tiered it maybe. Um, that's a pretty nice check if you were to win the playoffs. Now, again, when you're making $40 million a year. Right. It's hard to give you something that really matters. I would matters. imagine that not even that that playoff that playoff bonus is moving the needle for, I don't think for so you either. like that, right? That's so, what, and, and where even if you are still a, a rest or a load management type of player like Kawhi, yeah. I think you would probably sacrifice the regular season tournament well, for the postseason. You know – yeah, I, I hear you. They're already like they've already kind of, and I, it's, if he's hurt, it's a different conversation, which he may be. But they've already kind of said we don't care where we're seated. You have to change the narrative. Like you have to change the narrative around the NBA. Like the, the championship is the only thing that matters, right? Right. The NBA championship. The what's it? The Larry O'Brien Trophy. Yeah. It's the only thing that matters, right? That's just because we've never had anything else that matters, right? If you if you can successfully introduce cup, um, if you will, to right. To a, um, and you're giving out rings and, and stuff for that, um, and there's bonuses attached, you know, albeit, you know, they probably don't move the needle. But you, status. You know, if it you, does have to be a yeah, status if thing. If you can start, like, you know, maybe not now, maybe not for this generation, but maybe next generation NBA players are like, yeah, damn, yeah, we want to win the midseason cup. Right. You know what I mean? That means something. We, and that we, takes – and the NBA did allude to that. Uh, they said, you know, this will take time. Right. Which I think it might take 20 years, 10, 20 years, which, again, but that's a long time. But if you're going to do it, it's gonna probably some people aren't gonna like it. Yeah. Some players won't. Well, players, to them. Aren't, players aren't. But gonna then love it's right some. Right hey, hey, the game is international. There are more players coming from Europe that are familiar with soccer and yeah. what cups mean over there during season. So maybe, maybe it is. But I do think it'll take a long. You're time. You're gonna have to recondition people because the yes. NBA has been the NBA for 82 games and a Larry O'Brien Trophy for since it started. Right. What about uh, a, what about a lump sum? For the team that wins, like the way they do the basketball tournament on ESPN with the former college teams, like what if it was, uh, let's just throw out like $10 million for the winning team and then they can split it as they want. So like if LeBron wins it and he's like, hey, Alex Caruso, take my million or whatever, whatever. So, you know, like, is there any, would that be a some type of inc- I mean, a better incentive? Maybe. Who, who, yeah, I mean, who votes? Who would have the ultimate vote? Who's, yeah, who right. would decide who gets, who gets what share? Well, they would probably we dole vote. it out equally. Over the players on that team. But then what Joey's saying is maybe LeBron would pass on his and then it's dispersed to somebody else or the rest of the team. I don't but know. then again, how much are you really incentivized? What I'm saying, like you're trying to, like you would think to get LeBron, like, you got to get the players. If Alex to Caruso <laughs> wants to play in the cup or not. No, the only person that, like, you need LeBron and AD to want to play in the cup. Right. That's, that's the only you way you're to, winning the right. cup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with. I think the earliest they said. I like the idea, though. Me too. I, I, like, I like, and this is one thing where I think the NBA deserves more credit than any other league. They're look. They're open to 
wild and crazy yeah, ideas change. that shake things up. And I think that's how you successfully stay up with a very rapidly shifting uh, landscape. Of I also sports. like the wild card type of situation at the bottom of the like postseason play in. Yeah, seventh and eighth yep. uh, seeds, right? Like. Open that up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it'll be something we'll be all over too uh, here at CBS Sports HQ if there's any news or anything. But it's not for 21-22 season at the earliest yeah. uh, that this would be implemented. So still a ways off, but nonetheless, pretty cool conversation. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers uh, are 14-2. and two. It's the best 16-game start for any LeBron James-led team. Are you surprised that they're having this much success this early? Because yes. I think I, my expectation was it'll take some time for him and AD, all this complimentary players, for them to get up to speed. They've always, LeBron's teams have traditionally, especially early when he's first on the team, the big three in Miami, it takes some time to get used to each other. There's no, like they have just come out on fire. Yeah, I, I am a little surprised with how quickly it's it's come together. Although I shouldn't be because I kind of felt like the reasons they, they didn't come together that quickly on other teams was because LeBron was aware that he was in a, of the fact that he's in a marathon and not a sprint. And so he didn't really care necessarily um, early in seasons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, he was a younger player with, a, with more in the tank. So I think he saw the importance last year, having gotten injured like, you know, midway through the season of coming out and starting to stack chips early this season, like starting to put, Put wins away, and the NBA is a league where if you come out and your and, and your team's ready to play early, you know I would say the Heat are like this. Like they're just a little bit ahead of a lot of other teams. They put away a lot of wins early, mm-hmm. so I think LeBron saw more importance in doing it this year than he has in the past. So I shouldn't really be surprised, but yeah, like history suggests that his team start off a little slower, especially when he's getting, you know, it's when he's getting used to playing with another star. Uh, he had a unique situation. He was held with zero free throw attempts. In their win over Memphis, he took 27 shots in uh, the game. It's the most field goal attempts he's had in the game without good. attempting a free throw. Why do you think that is? I think it's just kind of a luck, like well, a weird, freakish thing. I didn't see the game, so right. I don't, I don't know um, if. And on the season, he's going to the line a career low uh, 5.6 times per game this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, as you get older. Um, Probably playing more on the perimeter, too, with AD taking up a lot of the yeah, inside. He's, the he's, stuff. he's shooting more shots. He got that little fadeaway out of the post. You don't see him bullying his way to the rim as often. Have to. Yeah, which yeah. is a good thing, right? Um, but I, I would just say that when push comes to shove, and LeBron, I don't know, I got no business telling LeBron what to do. Um, but I used to feel this way when I was with the Cavs, um, and I'd watch, well, I'd watch our team play. When push comes to shove, go to the rack. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I just want him going downhill. He is getting to the rack, though. So, like, the fact he didn't shoot free throws is probably just one of those weird things. But if he's he's not shooting free throws because he's pulling a bunch of Jays and he's not getting in the paint, that's not the best LeBron. Right. The best LeBron is when he gives you a little bit of all of that. Right. No doubt about it. Uh, The best Luka we've seen a lot. Luka Doncic is absolutely tearing apart the NBA. One of the things that was kind of a bummer to me, I missed all this because it was happening during NFL Sunday. He went off in a win over the Rockets. He finished with 41, 10, and 6. I asked you last week if he could win the MVP. No, you didn't ask me that. I didn't. What I ask no. you? Uh-uh. What I ask you? I thought you I asked you if he could win the MVP. championship or if he was a top five player in the league, right? Oh, that was it. All right. So now, yeah. so are we reevaluating that? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I said no. So he is. You said no last week. All right. Who did I say was in front of him? Joe, do you remember? I had LeBron, Kawhi, yep. AD. Giannis? Giannis. Yeah, I think Harden was up there still. And Harden. Yeah. So, 
No. <laughs> All right, so he's still right outside. But let me. I wasn't bad. Look, I think Luca's fantastic. But where I do think I misspoke, having watched yesterday's game, I don't. I there were two parts to the Mavs winning a championship in our discussion. One was I didn't think his supporting cast was ready to help him win a championship. The other was I thought he was a year away from being able to like put a saddle on his back when it really, really mattered, and him bring you home. I I was wrong on that. And I don't mean I know he can do it through the course of 82 uh, regular season games against you know some of the teams in the NBA. But I watched him yesterday. It wasn't just the points; it was the way he went about getting the points. Like he's a dog. Like yeah. he's got he he is. I was wrong on that. He is ready. Yeah, he can do it. I don't think that the team is ready, and I think they're still a year off. But in terms of him needing to round and continue to grow into that player in the NBA, I think I was wrong. I think he's already that guy. Um, you know, he just he's going to need a little bit more help ultimately. I think to win a championship, I don't know they do it this year. Do you give him any chance to win the MVP? Yes, I mean they're at seven and what? What are they right now? Seven. It's actually, and, uh, right now Giannis is the favorite. Who was the favorite coming in? Luca is the second. Joey, what's our what's our record? Right now, eleven and they five. Are 11, eleven and five. five. But they're My also bad. they're first in the league in offensive rating and first in the league in net rating. Yeah. Um, I don't think that those those ratings are going to really matter, but if they are a middle of the pack Western Conference playoff team, meaning you know four or five, um, and his numbers are as impressive as they've been, um, I yes, you're going to make a case for him for MVP, no question. Mm-hmm. He's going to be right there in the conversation because AD and LeBron are going to kind of cancel each other out a little bit, right? And you're going to be left at the end of the day with James Harden. Giannis and Luka Doncic. And he has as good a shot as anybody. Man. So he was taken third overall. DeAndre Ayton was taken first. Marvin Bagley III was taken second. Joey, what's... So there was a story out of the weekend of why the Kings didn't select him at two? Yeah, I guess reportedly... So Vladi Divac, their president general manager... Um, he is He's obviously very connected in European basketball and has seen Luka play for years and because of that knows his family and reportedly it was not a basketball decision apparently he just didn't like Luca's dad and there was like this like is it like father like son type of thing and didn't and passed on Luca they they did have De'Aaron Fox on the roster but according to the reports it wasn't a basketball thing it was just a you know maybe he's going to turn out like the guy I don't like kind of thing like the guy as a player, his dad, he didn't like his dad as a player? No, it no, sounds no, personal. no, it, it just sounds like he knew Luca's dad through seeing Luca play all these years as a Bro. growing up in Europe and being around <laughs> Stop. it. Stop. Hey, man, somebody's feelings get in the way. Look, is this fair? Like, if you're a European player, you can't miss on another the opportunity to bring in the next European star. Is that not, is that fair? Right. Like Vladi, like I'll forgive you if it was Danny Cannell sitting there and Danny Cannell was like, "Nah, we're <laughs> right. gonna pass on Luca." Yeah, I'd be like, "Dude, you you missed on that." But ha ha ha, right? Like you know the kid, you know his dad. You've right. been like your European success story over here too. You're not gonna take a swing at it. It sounds like it's personal for me. It sounds like it's personal. Well, then that you should have your job anyway. For, exactly. Yeah. But might be in contend. That might be not be I mean, a bad I, take I mean, either. I don't know. Yeah. That's the case. Um, but, I have a, one one last Luca thing. Raja, we talked about this last season, and we talked about it a little bit in the in the off season. But we've talked about it a lot with Giannis. We basically said last year, like he's crowned, he's next, he's the guy. Is there any chance 
that Luca can start to creep into that conversation as the face. I mean, this kid, besides from being awesome, he's just so like his post game interview yesterday. They said, "Why are you guys better on defense this year?" And he's like, "You know, we've worked hard, and last year we had Dirk on defense, so that was tough." Like he's just like a likable, you know, joking around, but he's just like a likable dude too. He's funny and he's ridiculous and he's young. Uh, I mean, he is ridiculous. Uh, he no. If you're gonna make me no, he's not gonna he's not gonna be the face of the league before Giannis. Like as long as Giannis continues to do what Giannis is doing, and the trajectory is that he's continuing to develop different skill sets, I think he has an upper. He hit the scene before Luca. He was crowned before Luca. So I think like you know he Luca's the. I don't know. Player. I I might see what Joey's saying. Style of play matters. No, he markets matter. I get yeah. a better market. I give like, you I all think, of that, but you still don't think he's overtaking him. That dude is a freak. Yeah, he is. They call him the freak. What if for he a doesn't develop his shot? What if his shot never? Well, takes if he plateaus, if he plateaus, and that's all he ever is, um, I mean, it's still pretty ridiculous. But yeah, I'd make a more of a case for Luca in that in that space. But if Giannis continues to get better, which by all accounds he will, he's still right, a he's young only player. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think Luca takes over as the as the. Uh, you know, Luca physically. This dude is just physically beating the hell out of people. Like you just can't do anything with who he is as a as a as a human being, freak of nature, athlete. Right. If that's if if you're going to start pairing, and he's been pairing a lot of different skill sets with that, and he's going to continue to grow, I, mean, I don't even know what you could do. That Luca doesn't just be like. There are matchups that are favorable to Luca's opponent. Right. When you're talking about size and speed and whatever. Now he's fantastic, but the other one is like, I mean, what you can do with that? Right. You know, uh, Pat Beverly is one of those players in the NBA. I can't stand watching him play. I do think he's a guy that you would love to have on your team. It's sure. like that nuisance, but some of his stuff I think is so gimmicky. Maybe that's why he's had so much success, right? I mean, I watched the matchup when he had when he was covering Harden. Yeah, he was like burying his head in him, yeah, like that, the court, on. like stuff like that is corny. Uh, you'd be a good one to ask on this because you were an expert flopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fined five thousand for a flopping violation. It's now his second of the season. Right, uh, taking it to another uh, level. That, oh, <laughs> that was oh. a violent. He looked like he got shot. On. Yeah, exactly. Looked like a, a buckshot came out of James's <laughs> elbow right there. And then uh. it was kind of this. I think it was the second flop. There was the first head bob that I thought I would have been okay with that one. But then it's the it second one. flop. That's the flailing arms that gets in. But I, I still hate that they find anybody for the flop because if you watch these games, everybody flops. Right. James Harden flops the whole game. Yes. He does. He does absolutely he get, does. Does he get fined for it? Now, that's an egregious flop. Like, right. You made a mockery of Which it. Which I but think like, is what the fine schedule but is But where's for? the line drawn? How do you draw that line? Where is it? Purely subjective. <laughs> yes. It is. Like, it's but an I think we could all thing. agree that one is okay. Right? What? For fining him for that one? No. No? I don't like the flops. I don't like the finding of flops because everyone flops. Right? And not yeah. everyone gets fined for flopping. True, but the egregious ones do. And if you are a serial, I, listen, serial flopper. If, if you would like to pull up a compilation of James Harden flops, yeah, right? He's, and we can play those, a mashup of James Harden flops, and tell me how many of them he's been fined for, if ever, then I'll subscribe to the fining for flopping. Right. But you can't. It's, there's a double standard. There is. Uh, speaking of Patrick Beverly, he got into a little war of, war of words with Marcus Smart. So here's these two going at each other. Have a listen. I like being out there with Marcus Smart and having a guy on each team kind of like trying to out and one another. <clears throat> Those crazy plays down the stretch. 
it's not usually you don't usually have another guy out there that matches your intensity on the other team. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's funny. And you got to respect a guy like that that goes out there and plays every night uh, fearlessly, and uh, you know really really stands down to nobody. So you know the respect factor is there, but at the same time, I'm on another level, and I feel like. When it comes to me, if you have to choose me and Pat, I think I, I'm getting that, that nudge. So, you know, no offense to Pat, but step his game up a little bit more. We'll see. Ooh, hey, and no disrespect, yo. but step yo. his game up. Like, that was pretty significant right there. Um, Yeah, that was that's as good as you But he's right, though, right? I think he's better than Patrick Beverly overall as a player. He was the sixth pick in the draft, to Joey's point. Um, He was leading Oklahoma State, like, as the leading man. He was a super high recruit coming out. And he's done nothing in the NBA to um you know to 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 have you move off of the stance that he should have been regarded as that now he's not a number one guy in the nba like he's not a superstar but i do think he's a tier a player above pat beverly in terms of all-around game right and I, I, it's fair yeah I, and, and pat beverly may be the better defensive presence and nuisance type of player but overall they're different players they're, yeah, they're and they're asked to do different Martin, things yeah, for their teams yeah. Uh, so I think people might get all fired up about that. I do think the last shot was probably a little over the top for Mark Smart, but he can say it. Step so good his game for him up for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome back to the show. The Dallas Cowboys went on the road to New England. They lose the game. In a game, they had a lot of opportunities to win, right? The weather was bad. They kept settling for field goals. There was an opportunity late in the game where they could have gone for it on fourth down. And that granted it was a fourth and seven, but they still could have gone for it. A field goal didn't do them any good because yep. they were still going to need a touchdown <clears throat> to win the game. So Jason Garrett came under scrutiny as he always is after a loss. Normally, it's pundits like us. It's other NFL experts who are criticizing. Usually, Jerry Jones distances himself from that conversation, but not yesterday when I think Jason Garrett should even be worried about what Jerry had to say after the game. It is a a significant setback for our team. Uh, We needed this win. We needed to win against an opponent like this. Uh, We haven't had them. And uh, uh, consequently, we're very aware of that. And so uh, we dig a hole that we've got to uh, uh, really have a challenge as we uh, look at the rest of the schedule. But uh, uh, I thought that uh, I'm surprised that we didn't get touchdowns and get to score touchdowns even in the weather. All right, the surprise we didn't get touchdowns, that one to me is the one where he's specifically looking at Jason Garrett and there's questions, the offensive play calling, it's questions the decision to to kick the field goal on fourth down. If you're a Cowboys fan, are you almost are you rooting for an implosion at the end of the season so you can move on? Because I think that's the only way you're moving on from Jason Garrett. Yeah, but no. You're not. Nope. Because you're a Cowboys fan, you still think you have a shot. Right? Like, if yeah. you're a Cowboys fan, you look over there, you see Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and the O-line and the linebacking core, even though it hadn't been up to, like, I mean, you just see the pieces, right? You're a good, you have good talent. Yeah, but you've had these pieces I know, for a long but, time. Like, fans are fans, dog. Like, they can't sit there and, 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 and not all of them, not enough of them see the forest through the trees, right? Like, mm-hmm. they want to win right now. I, if you had a, a like, a, a realistic, like, let me break this down logically to you how this should look. If you're a real fan and your end goal is to win a championship, this is what you should do. If you could articulate to one of them one-on-one, maybe, they say, hey, you're right. But just generally speaking, they want to win, man. Right. So, they no, absolutely they're not want to win. Implosion. But I think the Cowboys fans are sick and tired of having a very talented roster 
and just not getting it done. When I say getting it done, winning a playoff game, making a deep run, mm-hmm. getting to an NFC championship game, getting to a Super Bowl, all of those things they haven't sniffed under Jason Garrett, uh, Garrett's tenure. Even Now, there have been a lot of seasons, 8-8. Eight eight, it was kind of the picture of mediocrity was right. Jason Garrett. Then they put together a couple seasons where they get a little bit better, and they get bounced in the first round. Even this one, I think they might win the division still, but I don't see him having. I don't see them being better than the Saints or the 49ers or the Packers who lost it. You know, I, I don't see them in that top tier. So if they get bounced again, I, in the, let's say they make the playoffs and they get right. bounced again, I don't think Jerry would fire him. I think the only way you're moving on from Jason Garrett is if you see an implosion and they miss the playoffs. And then I think it's obvious. I think that right there was Jerry Jones telling you, "Hey, I don't know if I need to see much more. We're going to let this thing play out. But if it's not." different than it's been over the past decade why can't he fire him if they win the division and lose in the first round because he's always this is his guy right this has always been his because then you're you look closer and well, you can you're a playoff team and all these like it just optics team agreed and you're always someone's guy until you're not uh, uh, until you're not that is true right. like yes. you know what i mean like or i mean you are you're someone's guy until i have my list of you he's like i <laughs> agreed but it's really it's a lot easier to make that decision if you're bad. Yeah. Then it's a no-brainer because I think it'll be hard for Jerry Jones. And this is one thing I actually give him credit for. There's not a lot of loyalty in the NFL. I think he's loyal to to Jason Garrett to a fault, and that's where I think it could. That's why I think if you're a Cowboys fan, if you want, if you don't think Jason Garrett is the answer, you want to move on from him. Then you're hoping your team is bad so that you can't. I think you're now smart. in a perfect world, you would love to get over that hump, go on a run, upset somebody in the playoffs, and then you're like, okay, we can see optimism. We can see Dak Prescott having a great season. We can see this thing More going to the next are like level. That. More of them are hoping for that. I hope so. Than are hoping for the bottom. I never want to see anybody get fired, but man, has it been just it's the same old, same old. When you see conservative play calling or ineffective play calling for the Cowboys, it's once again where they are. Now So let me ask you a question. Yeah. I mean, uh, I only saw some of this game. You are playing in terrible weather. Like it looked Correct. like it, was, it sucked. Um, yeah, it was misty. Yeah, cold, Bill, Bill Belichick rain. was in a big old park. And yes. like when that happens, like yeah, something's wrong. Um, wouldn't you, as the Cowboys, be built better to play in that type of weather? Yes, without with your, question. With, your with O-line Zeke, and, and absolutely. Zeke but you didn't just pound the ball, right? No. And so then, it, like my next question is: If you didn't just pound the ball, and you said Dak's taking the next step. And we're going to, in Dak, we trust your number one receiver only gets two targets on the day. But see, I think that's a credit to New England's defense because I think they realize, and that's what New England is exceptional at taking away what you do best. And I think Amari Cooper as their deep threat is what they do best. And so they made a concerted effort. We're going to take him out of the game. And once, and everybody assumes it's Zeke. But dog, this. like, okay, you could you could try to take him out of the game, right? But I'm gonna try to throw him the ball. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, you could try, like, yeah, you do whatever the hell you want, right? But I'll be damned if I don't every now and again look over there and chuck it to him, right? And maybe they could have taken more shots to him. I mean, I'm just saying philosophically, if you're not going to live with the run game, right? Wouldn't you give your best like weapon offensively? Yes. Uh, in the past, you game? would think some, you would some... try to do that. Yes, and this is something that I wonder how Dallas would be. Now, going through the road for the NFC through the playoffs of where they could potentially have to go if it was New Orleans, it'd be indoors. So they might not have this, might not be an issue for them. Right. But it's something when you play in a warm weather 
city that's warm pretty much year round. Like I know it gets cold in Dallas, but it's you're not going to see Dallas. that. You're not going to see this type of nasty. Yeah, they're inside. They're you know they're, they're inside. They're, 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 you're but even like living there. That's why like my, my point is your blood kind of gets used to certain weather. Right. That's why I saw the, the Dolphins struggle all the time. They'd go up to Buffalo in December. It'd be a blizzard, and they'd get bounced. And then Buffalo would continue on, and they go on to lose Super Bowls. But I remember thinking, like, how long do you have to live in a nice city before your blood gets thin? I don't know, at least, at least like a, you have to live through a month. A month? You can't just go get acclimated going two nights before saying, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. Your blood is thinner. There's something about it. No, because I'm, I'm South and Florida. And mentally. No, I'm from South Florida, right? right. So, like, I'm, I, and I see everybody move down here, right? It's right. hilarious. It has nothing to do with the show, but whatever. Um, People move down here. Right. They live here for a year or so, right? And they're transplants, and they yeah. they be and moan about the heat, and it's right. too humid, and oh my god, you guys don't have any seasons, and you know <laughs> I I miss the changes fall and and the snow around Christmas, and I'm listening like, and then inevitably a cold front rolls in, and it's sixty degrees outside, and the same mofos that were telling me like they're wearing they, parkas, parkas. <laughs> parkas, hoodies, they're from damn Buffalo, mittens, gloves, like you know what I mean? Like it's hilarious. I think it's a month. I think it's a month to take that out of your system. That's what cool. happened to the mental toughness? That I, being seriously. up there, they, they lose every aspect of it. Um, definitely. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, there I was a curveball there. You did, but I'm I okay. Did, <laughs> I did see that the Giants, if something happened to Jason yeah. Garrett, that there is there are reports that the Giants could be interested. Now the Giants organization, again, similar to Jerry Jones, loyal to their own. Jason Garrett did spend a lot of time on the uh, on the Giants roster. I see this kind of I think speaks to. Kind of Jerry, Jason Garrett overall. Solid. I, I wouldn't, I, but I wouldn't be excited about it. No, but you're, but you're like it's solid. Yeah, but is that what you want? No, no, no. I'm, solid? I'm, no, I'm not saying that I do. The next level, but that's what that is, right? Yes. Like you're not. It's a safe. It's a conservative play. Yes, it's a safe conservative uh, move there. I wouldn't be too excited about it. I Giants feel are like conservative though. They are, but they got Daniel Jones. They got Saquon. They're gonna hopefully they draft some more weapons. The problem I have with Jason Garrett is their offense is too conservative. It's too old school in a league where it is moving towards more wide open, more running quarterbacks, right. more you know vertical pass game. The the Jason Garrett's philosophy is still stuck seven or eight years ago. Run the football, play action pass, all things that used to work. I don't know if they work anymore in the yeah. NFL, especially when the rules are enticing you to throw the ball downfield, to have a running quarterback, to have those things. Yep. He's not taking advantage of them, which is where I would have concern with it as a Giants fan. Uh, something interesting happened in the Redskins game at the very end of the game. You're like, why are you talking about the Redskins? They're two and nine. They're not very good. Well, they got a win uh, yesterday over the Detroit Lions. Great win. Dwayne Haskins leads them on a drive. They're tied up, gets them in field goal range, yep. has a nice scramble, makes a nice throw. After the game, Redskins win. Haskins is thinking, hey, we're going to celebrate. The problem is he started celebrating a little too early. He gets <laughs> caught up, goes over to the fans. Hey, can I get a picture with you? He's like, sure, the game's in hand. We've won this game. There's one small problem with this selfie that he took. I love the fact that we actually found the selfie. Right. There's one small problem. There was some time left on the clock. Oh. So they were on defense, out. right? They were yeah, on, yeah. So they were on defense out. or offense, Dan? No, they were on offense uh, when there was time left. Uh, so they had to go out there and take a snap, an offense, you know, victory formation, right. the best formation in football. Right. When all you have to do is take a knee, except he's over there taking a selfie. So Case Keenum all of a sudden has to come scrambling over there. He's got to run out, take the snap. It's now it's tough. probably not the biggest deal, but you have had there have been other instances where you know, famously Joe Pisarczyk for the New York Giants was doing it against the Eagles, and it was a late. He was trying to hand it off, but they fumble. Herm Edwards takes it the other way, or uh, in for a touchdown. It like totally, it was the you know miracle of the Meadowlands. It was right. a total collapse there at the time. 
This one could have been that. Thankfully for Dwayne Haskins, it wasn't. Case Keenum took the snap, knelt on, kneeled on it. I don't think it was that big a deal. He was getting blasted by some people. I think it was just a, a kind of a rookie mistake that his coach after Callahan was asked about it, uh, said he couldn't find him, said, I think he thought the game was over. I'm happy we won. We'll address that. Addressing it is, hey, can't have it happen again. Like, I don't think he's got his butt chewed out. I don't think anything like that. Hey, man, got to make sure the game's in hand before you go take selfies. Yeah, dude. I hate, like, that the media kind of tried to do what they tried to do to him after the game. Like, the, you know what I mean? Me like, too. I hate, yes. I, that was kind of. Well, it's his best moment of the season. Yeah, that was and it's going to get overshadowed by that. You're better than that. Exactly. You're better than that. Exactly. Um, um, and for, from his point, look, he's, he's a. It's not a good look. That's not what ideally you want him to do, but. He's a baby, man. Like, right. learn to be a pro. You right. know what I mean? He was excited they got a win. Like, yeah, though, I got to talk to you, and we can't have that happen again. But I don't think that that's any real indication that he's not buttoned up enough to be your quarterback. Or no, you know, none he of made those a mistake. He none did, of those like, things. He made a mistake. It's a rookie mistake. Yeah. He'll get talked to. Let's Correct. all move on. Let's stop Correct. blasting the kid for something where he was trying to have some fun. Welcome back to Canal and Bell. Before we get to the Miami FIU game, which you know, can't wait to break that one down, uh, Magic Johnson put out a list on Twitter, uh, top 16 MVP list. Who goes top 16? That's like, might be your weird. first question. Yes. Your second one would be, like, if it's going to be top 16, you might want to keep it to 16 because he actually had 17 players with the two on a, his list. With the 2A and 2B? Yes, but I do give him credit for finding the uh, the right apostrophes, whatever those uh, things yeah. are on Luka Doncic's Dang. name. Uh, goes all the way through, but he has 17 players. Only Magic could get this done. On Twitter... He is the gift that keeps on giving because it's so easy to mock. Sometimes he puts the most obvious statements that are out there. But to his credit, it's why he stepped down from the Lakers he so is. he could tweet. He can tweet, and uh, he's so doing he can do it. it. So he can put out top 16 lists and or your top 100 R&B singers. And I, they were alphabetical. I don't know. They're so random. Hey, I man, mean, listen, y'all leave Magic alone, man. I know. He's he one of the greatest ever. Let Magic be. Google or basketball reference. Yeah, because I don't think he could find those uh, – I'm telling you, the, well, the symbols on Doncic's name, I don't think he found those. I think he did copy and paste those uh, for sure. All right, let's move on to something more don't pressing. Do don't do it. The Miami Hurricanes. Let's just be silent, man. Silence is gold. Who are you rooting for, first of all? Because they were playing FIU. That's where you went to school, but you grew up a Hurricanes fan. All you talk about is the Hurricanes. Really conflicted. I bet. I was really conflicted because FIU did not have a football program when I went to FIU. Uh-huh. And I argue this because I've been a Cane for a long time, bro. Um my, my my buddy Gene, uh, his wife Jenny, my wife, um, um, all Golden Panthers, right? With no real allegiances to any other schools like I have to Miami. So they all support and ride with FIU. And my right. thing is like, look, I respect that. And I did graduate <laughs> from FIU. Except my football team is the Canes. Anything else that happens between the two schools, I ride with FIU. But football-wise, I'm a Cane. Right, and so I was really torn. Um, ultimately, I did find myself rooting for FIU, though. You did? Yes, I did. Well, you like to see the yes, like the little guy win sometimes. FIU call, doesn't have the resources. Guy, chill, chill, <laughs> chill. We're the second biggest school. Oh, in the state of Florida, whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, you're talking about population? Yeah, correct. Okay, yeah, so yeah, okay, little okay. my ass. All right, all right. I meant facilities wise. Okay, fair enough. Players on the team, right, roster wise, enough. they're not there. Fair enough. Love Butch Davis. And he was a colleague of mine in broadcasting. Great dude. Happy for him mm-hmm. uh, to be able to get that done. It was the first time they had played since the brawl. Yep. Uh, that interrupted like a long time ago when yeah. that was a really nasty scene there. 
this is ugly for Manny Diaz. Like, and for me, I'm an ACC guy, so I try to defend the conference. I was just bragging about Miami's defense, which was ranked in the top 20 nationally. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, maybe maybe the ACC isn't as bad as people think. You go out and lose a game like this, it makes the conference look bad. It's my, Manny Diaz makes him look bad. It's inexcusable if you're a Miami Hurricane. How do you let this happen? Because you do have more talent than that. Yes, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. It was it was a complete. Um, let down. They look completely unprepared. Um, they were lackluster at best. Um, they, they didn't look engaged. And this is this is an indictment on your coaching staff. When you typically when you come out, and as good as I thought Manny would be for an, a Florida State game, because I think that's who he is. He'll get them up for that. You're equally as bad in the space of, of playing against teams that you should beat. Your teams have always this year come out against teams that they should beat and look bad. And that's an indictment on you as a coach. And I think I said this about you know I told you when it was going to happen to um, Willie. Yeah, it's not happening to Manny right now. This ain't good. But this is how the conversation starts. Absolutely, it is. And I thought he was kind of flying under the radar because Willie was taking so much heat. Now yep. it's going to be focused on him. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to have some fun with this and troll all the Miami fans and like watch this. And then I was F- like, I can't I say you. anything. F- I can't I say you. anything because they F- beat Florida State. There you F- go. Now I'm on the FIU bandwagon. <laughs> all right, we're back tomorrow. Enjoy the Monday. Best Monday of the year.